This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Always a pleasure to be talking to you and getting you through this week. And we're excited because the Browns had their first game of the season. They are at Carolina, and uh, Daryl and I will be all over it, whether it's his reports at uh, 92.3 The Fan and 923thefan.com, or whether you're listening to Baskin and Phelps throughout the week from 10 to 2. Daryl, JJ3. Man, he had some things to say. I'm going to let you walk us down the road of, of what he had to say about Baker Mayfield and where we are. John Johnson the third, of course, we're talking about the free safety for the Browns. And and just kind of walk us through this press conference because I want to hear what he had to say and then I want to react because it sounds um interesting. Yeah, well, you know, these are questions that we asked. So one of the questions that was asked was, are there any hard feelings toward Baker Mayfield with everything that's, that's gone on and, and his departure from the team? Here is his response to any hard feelings with Mayfield. I don't think so. I mean, we had a couple months to, you know, kind of get rid of those feelings and stuff like that. You know, we've been out here. We had OTAs without him and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think now we're at a point where we're locked in with, like, layers of focus on being Carolina. I want to replay that first thing he said. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. I mean, we had a couple months to, you know, kind of get rid of those feelings and stuff like that. We had a couple of months to get rid of those feelings and stuff like that again saying a lot without actually saying a lot you know what i'm saying yeah i hear you i i and obviously there were issues there because he would not have said that right i mean we can all sit around and try to kick it around and try to figure out what went wrong and but you normally don't hear anyone bring it back up and you know, it, while I do believe they've turned the page, and I think Kevin has worked hard to try to get these guys to turn the page, um, it took a while, as he said. Yeah, and I think everything started to fall apart, not so much with the shoulder injury week two, but it, it fell apart with Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe for like a split second, but like I said, we get back to our roots, understand it's a business. Um, you always want to see your your guys that you grinded out with go and, and shine and, and be happy. So, and that's, I think that was the biggest thing for me personally. Um, but it, maybe for a split second, you have those feelings, but you got to understand that this is just the law of the, 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 the game. We play. Yeah. You know, um, and so JJ three was also asked, did players within the locker room take sides? And I'll let you hear what he had to say before gi- giving you my thoughts on that. But, Again, without saying a lot, he does say a lot. I wouldn't say we took sides. Like I said, I, we just wanted to see our guys happy, you know, either side. I mean, at, at a point, Baker decided he didn't want to be here anymore or X, Y, and Z. He, he put stuff out there. So, I mean, hey, you got to, you know, it's it's a team game, but there's an individual, you know, aspect to it. And um, 
unfortunately, you know, guys come and go, so we just had to deal with it. Well, he admitted it. He admitted there were two sides to it. I mean, he said it. it. Yeah. Looking back, it's plain as day, right? Right. I I just I go back to the playoffs, right? Because I look at the uh, Odell situation, and not not to rehash that whole thing. I look at it as Odell quit on the Cleveland Browns. He was so frustrated and angry with Baker and not getting the ball and disrespected by him that he just said, "The hell with this. Get me out of here." His dad posts the video. And that that's the end, right? He gets he gets his wish, he gets his release, his buyout, et cetera. Well, Odell was like the most beloved player within the locker room. He was the Jacoby Brissett of that team last year. Um, and that's where I'll admit my read, my take on that situation was completely off. Um, because uh, you know, there if you go back like to the play. A guy that quit on your team and said, get me the hell out of here, essentially, right? Used his dad right. to do that. And you've got all his former teammates patting him on the back on social media. Go get him, OBJ. Happy for you, brother. Keep, you know. Meanwhile, Baker undergoes surgery, and there's not a single tweet about it. There's no, hey, you know, get better soon, six, or anything like that. But each and every week that Odell advanced in the playoffs, all the way uh, through the Super Bowl, you just had all this praise coming from his former teammates. And again, Odell quit on them. He he did. He said, I'm done with this nonsense. I'm done. He was, though, Daryl. I mean, I think back to that Pittsburgh game. He was wide open and the Steelers didn't even need to cover him. And I think the Steelers quit covering him. because right. They knew the Browns weren't going to throw him the ball. Well, yeah, Baker wasn't going to throw him the ball. And yeah. so... Um, and, and the microcosm of that Baker-Odell relationship was the Minnesota Vikings game where Odell goes out and up the sideline. And what does Baker do? He throws the ball inside, and it's an, and instead of it being a big game-changing touchdown, it's an incompletion, and everyone's like, what the hell just happened type thing. So I, I, I think that fissure and the fact that the Browns basically had no choice but to move on from from Odell and get him out of there, I, look, I, I think that that was a bad taste in a lot of guys' mouth uh, within that locker room. And again, without saying it, I think JJ three said that. Now, here's a to me the straw that. Hang broke on, the- before you play this last cut, I just want to. I think the fact that the Browns let Odell go so easy is also telling. Yes. I think that's a big, big hint to what was going on. Because they had to make a choice. It seemed like they had to make a choice between him and Baker. Him like, and Baker. We, and they had to go with their quarterback. Franchise quarterback on track, or do we f- keep force feeding this relationship? And they just said, hey, let's get let's get rid of Odell, get him out of here because it's not working with Baker. And see that to me is a poor reflection on Baker because they surrounded him with two of the top receivers in the NFL, right? In Jarvis Landry. And and Baker did nothing with that. And so the straw that broke the camel's back, I think was Baker not playing 
in that season finale. Remember, after the Pittsburgh, the game in Pittsburgh, he was sacked nine times. And if you go back and you look, six of those sacks were Baker's fault. No matter how much he wanted to sit up there after the game and bitch and moan about Kevin Stefanski's game plan and not enough help to the rookie tackle or whatever, bottom line is there were dudes wide open on that field, and he was seeing ghosts. The injury was affecting him. He wasn't seeing and reading the field correctly. So he took his frustrations out on Kevin Stefanski. And then he basically said, bleep this. First, it was bleep OBJ. Then it became bleep the Browns for the season finale. And I think that rubbed the organization and his teammates the wrong way and ultimately was the final nail in his coffin and cemented the Browns' decision to move on from him and find another starting quarterback. And here's pay attention to what JJ3 says when he was asked today about Baker skipping out on that season finale. I want to say personally, I know um, I had like a little injury. Um, I missed the previous two games, but I wanted to make sure I came back, you know, just to play with my guys and stuff like that. So, I mean, it goes both ways. It's just the character. I mean, maybe he was hurt. We don't know. I mean, maybe he really couldn't play. So, uh, I think it's just something we don't know. Yeah, see, I had a little injury. It was important for me to get back out there and play with my guys, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, well, but we don't know if he was really hurt. So, we can't say – you see what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely, absolutely. That that right there is a master class – in how to throw shade at somebody without actually throwing the shade. That Okay, now I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that JJ3 threw shade. My interpretation of his comments are he was throwing shade, okay? I want to be very clear about that. But that is a master class in how you do it diplomatically. You He didn't call him out. He didn't, you know, uh, throw him under the bus. He didn't rip him. And none of that. He just said, you know, hey, th- this is how I read the situation. We don't know what was really going on behind the scenes. Uh, there may have been some other factors, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, when, when he says, you know, I I missed the two previous games, but I, it was important for me to get back out there for the season finale and play with my guys. And so, well, maybe Baker was hurt. Maybe he wasn't hurt. We'll never know. I'm just glad that season's over, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do next. And so Baker speaks what tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday, on Wednesday. That's okay. I'm off on my days here because of the holiday. So Jacoby and Baker, and then we'll probably hear from Miles on Friday, right? Miles normally speaks Friday on Friday. Is typically Miles Day, yes. So it'll be really interesting to hear what Miles has to say. Yeah, and and, and like I said, I I'm not ex. <laughs> I'm not expecting a lot of salacious sound bites this week, Andy. Um, but there is a lot, and we've already unpacked a lot in this podcast, but there's just so much that happened last year and why things went as bad as they did. And I think JJ3 is right. It's not just one singular person to blame for this. It was a collective effort. The, the you know the failure last year but let's be honest about it baker's this baker's at the center of it he's not here anymore there's a reason the organization moved on there's a reason the organization went the direction that they did right, right. i mean look the san francisco 49ers basically said 
Jimmy G is not in our plans to the point of where he's not even practicing with our team in training camp. And what happens? They restructure his contract and they bring and him back to, to be their to, to be their number two quarterback, right? Correct. It was it was so bad with Baker and how Baker reacted to things too that the Browns weren't even willing to do that, right? And uh, I, I really believe that when Baker did the piece out in April, like that was the whatever we have to do to get Deshaun uh, Watson to be a Cleveland Brown. Frankly, we just need to do it, or else we're going to have, um, you know, a problem at quarterback. Like it, it cemented their need organizationally to turn the page and move on as quickly. But as the possible. the nail was him not meeting with Jimmy after Deshaun said no first, right? That was the absolute nail. No, I think the nail was already in, in. The final nail was already in at the end of the season. I, so I why why do you think Jimmy wanted to meet with him after Deshaun said no? To to see if they could smooth things over. The same again. Same. It goes right back to what I just said about the Jimmy G situation. Jimmy G was done in San Francisco. Okay, yeah. the final nail was in that coffin too. But someone got a crowbar, popped <laughs> popped a few. They got together and and they were able to patch things up. And clearly Jimmy Haslam was willing to be the bigger person and uh, make himself available to, for discussion with the Mayfield camp. And they just, they wanted no part of it. They had already said their goodbyes. They had already checked out of this thing. And that again, like, I think that Baker made the decision very easy on the Cleveland Browns. He made the decision for them. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like he, I he, absolutely agree with you. It was absolutely. not a hard decision for them to make. And again, like I'm not trashing Baker, but the, the situation was what it was. He forced and, his way out, especially with the other stuff. I mean, it was right. He, he has, you know, by so, not going that last game. I get it. I get it all. Yeah. He, he talked last week about, uh, you know, them, making the decision to move on and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, but Baker, you did nothing to make the decision harder on them. You know what I mean? You did. And he could have had a chance to, to play the first 11 games of this year and would have been, you know, he could have really said, Hey, well now we can get Baker Mayfield on the Browns. Maybe could have got a decent, a better draft pick or got some, I, I don't know. It played out the way it is. And this is what we're going to see week one. That's really where we are. So it's, final it should be a fun week. Yeah. It should be yeah. a fun week in Berea. I mean, no, uh, you know, I'll, uh, have it covered and, and whatnot. And uh, as we go through the podcast this week, we'll, we're here f from the guys, the, 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 I call it the best of the best from the locker room. Right. Um, and it, it, I don't, I don't expect a lot. I, I think we're going to hear a lot of similar to what we heard from Kevin Stefanski on Monday, similar to what we heard from JJ three on Monday. We're going to hear some honesty. Cause I think that those comments from JJ three were honest, but again, he really did give a master class in throwing some shade without actually throwing the shade. Well said, my set, my friend. Well said. All right. We'll do this again later in the week on Thursday. That's our next podcast, right? Thursdays or drops drops Thursday morning, right? All right. That'll be the next one. As we get set for the Carolina Panthers, it's always game day in Cleveland uh, produced by the great Meredith Kane. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, all you need to do is subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you being on board, especially on the odyssey.com app, if that's how you found us or any other place where you find your podcast. And again, we invite you to be a part of the show. All you need to do is drop us a line on our Instagram or Twitter accounts at GameDayCLE. For Daryl Ryder, I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland.